Hey, Whipsters, this is the Women in Pants podcast, helping you overcome your work history gaps. I'm your host, Shana Brazier. This episode is an interview with Courtney. She shares her story of abuse and control and her triumph over it. She eventually became a tattoo artist and is now becoming the person she was meant to be. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get updates when a new episode airs. And check out womeninpants.com to see what resources are available for you. Now for the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. How are you today? I'm really excited. Thank you for, um, you know, interviewing me and taking the time to talk to me. I'm really excited because I'm kind of into tattoos now. So I think that you have a very fun career. And I say it's pretty addicting. (laughs) You know, they say that. And when I got my tattoo, I was like, they lied. I'm never doing this again. That hurt. And then it's kind of like childbirth where like, I don't know, two or three months later when all you see is like the beautifulness and you don't remember like the pain and the weirdness of it. You're like, I could do that again. (laughs) Yeah, I can get through that again. Look, I'm perfectly fine now. I'm perfectly fine now. It's like, it's, it is one of those addicting things. It's, you know, it's different. It's obviously different than an actual child, but you are, you know, you're, it's sort of a creation of something new and it's an addition onto your former self. Um, and I think that tattoos really inspire people along their journey to not only remember where they've come from, but, you know, I tell people all the time, tattoos for me, like weirdly help with my, when I am going through depression, like, because you get a tattoo and you have this new thing that you have to take care of, you know? And it's like this interesting new motivation all of a sudden to take better care of yourself and, you know, pay attention to your body and sort of tune in with, with yourself. It's a really good, like self-reflective time. I think when people get tattoos, because you do, you have to really focus on taking care of yourself and, um, admiring kind of this new addition. So yeah, definitely. And it's a, it's it's a, it's a conversation starter. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, you get to know people more through their tattoos and ultimately you get to know yourself more each tattoo that you get, I think. Definitely. So So let's kind of rewind though, because you weren't always a tattoo artist. Definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go back all the way back to high school. How would you describe yourself in high school? Um, myself in high school, I was so lost and um desperate for uh, attention and um for kind of recognition. I guess. And so I knew, I always knew in high school, I was told always like growing up all leading up to high school. And then especially in high school, um, I knew that I had, you know, a natural, like not natural ability, but I've just, I've been, I've literally been drawing for as long as I can remember holding a pencil or a marker in my hand. I have endless like journals and notebooks and sketchbooks from all the way back until I was really like four years old. Um, So I've been drawing my whole life. So it's kind of, you know, people look at that as like a natural artistic ability, but really it's just the mileage is there and all the years of practicing. Um, So by high school, I I could 
it was obvious that I had this artistic ability. Um, my art teacher, you know, really recognized it and encouraged me in it. And, um, my parents really did. My family was really supportive, um, of, you know, my, um, art ability, I guess. Did you see yourself going into a career that was art inspired? Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, originally, originally I really, what I always wanted to be was an actress. Um, I saw myself being like a performing artist, but I think that, um, the reason why I sort of saw myself in more of like a, a craft or like an artistic career, um, was because it still seemed special and unique and something that was interesting and that could hold my attention. But I really was a little too scared to go like really to theater school or like, you know, to really go pursue being an actress. I thought that that was a lot more like out there and a lot less possible. Um, so, you know, I was kind of scared to really go after what I truly wanted, but, um, you know, I thought, on a practical side of it, I had a lot of talks with my art teacher in high school and she was like, you're a very, um, left and right brain person. You're, you're really creative and talented and you're artistic, but you also, um, have a really rational side to your brain that would be perfect for being a business person in the art world. And that's really, she's like, that's pretty rare because a lot of artists really can't make it, you know, in a career because they just think too much with their right. You know, they're just so creative and they sort of, aren't really down to earth. She's like, but you have kind of that split. Um, she's like to where I think that you would do really well, like in the art field. So that's kind of where it started. That's like the, that's the seed that got planted in my mind for sure. So then take me to what the next step in your story is. You leave, you graduate high school and then what? So graduating high school was kind of, um, it was a bit tumultuous. Honestly, the last six months of high school, I really crashed. Um, I got really scared. I got, well, first of all, I got accepted into an art college that I really wanted to go to. Um, but I was so, like I said, I, I was really lost and insecure in high school and I was just so desperate for like attention and recognition. I think, you know, from my parents, like there's obviously, we all have issues growing up, um, and things that like hold us back, but Ultimately, I just was so wrapped up in a lot of um, um, emotional turmoil and drama that I sort of like really just kind of came to a halt right at the end of high school. And um, a couple weeks before high school, um, something really traumatic happened to me. And it sort of just, mm, there was this shift in my head to where I couldn't really focus anymore on what my goals were. Um, Everything just sort of like unraveled right at that moment. And at that point I just wanted to, I was just kind of in survival mode and I just was so, I was just reeling from the traumatic incident um, to the point where I just sort of, you know, when, when brain, you know, when emotional or physical trauma or whatever happens to people, something in your, our brains, change and so it was almost like something just switched off or clicked off and and I wasn't really the same person after that I was sort of like I said just sort I went into a little bit of survival mode and um did your family notice the changes they did but um 
nobody really said or did anything about it just because I was um, really too scared to talk to anybody about it. It was like some, it was pretty serious, like sexual trauma. And of course, like it's pretty typical for victims to not want to come forward, especially when they're 18 and already, you know, going through so, you know, so much of so many life changes at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I was terrified of going to um, college on my own in a city by myself. And I just, I had had so many issues like with my parents throughout high school, um, just with not, you know, being rebellious and, and getting in trouble constantly. So it's almost like it's, it's like as if at a certain point they almost rescinded their support a little bit as far as, you know, like with my older sister and my old, my two older sisters, they had like, you know, taken them to tour colleges and, you know, kind of walked that path with them. But with me, I think they just were so, you know, exasperated or just didn't know why I was um, reeling so much. But, you know, no one knew really what was happening with me and what was going on. And that, you know, that's, that's a pretty common thing with victims of um, trauma and sexual abuse and things like that is that right. it's like you, you can't get it out of a person if they don't want to talk about it. But right. everybody, I think people obviously saw that there was definitely something going on with me, but they didn't know what to do for me, you know? So I'm assuming you did not go to that art school that you got applied, that you got accepted to that. No. Right? Yeah. So then what was, did you do? I kind of ran away. I came to Vancouver. <laughs> um, I, well, you know. Vancouver's like, not really the city that people run away to. Right. Like, I, I feel like well, that's kind I of mean, a random city. Why, though, I'm from Spokane, so I grew up and graduated high school in Spokane. And then the day after uh, graduation, I just loaded up my little Jeep Cherokee and um, drove down here with my sister because my sister lived down here in Vancouver. She was going to Clark College. She wanted to go to a community college, but she wanted to like get out of Spokane and out a a little bit away more independent. That makes a little bit more sense because I cannot remember the last time an 18 year old was like, that's it. I'm running away to Vancouver, Washington. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) I mean, I didn't go to Portland. That's for sure. Um, I think when I moved down here, it was like at least a good six months before I even ventured into Portland. Wow. But, um, Yeah. So I came down here, um, because I, I was so, I was just, I was in such thick, um, suffocating shame at that point that I felt like I sort of ran away from the situation with my tail between my legs. Um, I was still thinking about college and I was still thinking about that art college, um, up in the Puget Sound area. But I thought to myself, what could it hurt to just take a year off from school, you know, a like gap get year. on my feet. Yeah. And just become an adult and, um, all that, you know, but sh- sure enough, it didn't take long before, um, my like codependency issues really came out at that point. Um, and before, in, before I knew it, uh, I was already dating a guy that was getting really, really serious with me. Sorry. Um, so I was already dating this guy and he was getting really serious with me and it just sort of like was a runaway train. You know, it was like, we're dating, we go to church together. Everything's all fun. It was like a fun summer fling. And then by the, by the time it was even Halloween, I think he was already like, he went out and bought a ring and asked me and I, I just was too like, 
I didn't know how to say no at that point. I mean, I was 18 years old, you know, and fresh. How old was he? He was 22. You were both babies. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, that's, that, that's kind of, that goes along. Like it kind of is a common thread in my story is how, um, religion and being in the church and things like that has really affected a lot of my, um, my path in the beginning, especially because, you know, one of the biggest reasons why he, um, proposed to me so quickly was that like, that's what everybody was doing at that time. That's what all the 18, 19 year olds were doing. It wasn't uncommon. It wasn't weird. It was like, oh yeah, we're just shacking all these little couples up. Um, and he like, you know, was very committed to his like, you know, um, purity until marriage and things like that. So it was like, to him, it was like, yeah, that's what you do. You like, you just get married. And he already had, he already owned a home at that point that his parents had helped him, you know, get into. And I think he just wanted to put a wife in his house, you know, (laughs) like, that's just what you do. Had you talked with him when you guys were dating and when you were engaged about what your marriage would look like as far as you working, you not working? Was that part of the discussion? I mean, I believe that it was. I can't quite go back and recall any specific conversations, but I think so. Um, I think it was kind of a situation where it was like, we talked about these things and I told him, that I wanted to be, I don't, I don't know that the idea of a tattoo artist had quite been planted in my head at that point. I knew I wanted tattoos and I knew a lot of, a lot of people had told me that I should try drawing tattoos. Um, but like at that point, this is like 10 years ago, 12, 12 years ago. Um, tattoos have really come a long way, even in 12 years, as far as how mainstream they are. So I think at that time, they, it seemed a lot more extreme. It was and radical, yeah. I knew deep yeah. down that I wanted to be that that cool, like, badass, like, chick with tattoos and stuff. But it was a lot more shocking to people back then. And obviously, like, you know, I'm sure you can gather from what I'm telling you, but, like, he was from a really conservative family. And so it was, like, there was definitely an element of me hiding a lot of myself. So... I wouldn't be surprised if I was to be able to go back and hear our conversations if there was a lot that I left out, you know, or kind of agreed to, but didn't really, you know, understand what life was going to be like. I think at that point I was just still so, I was just really just kind of shrouded in a lot of um, like religious guilt you know, that I couldn't open up to anybody about. And at that point, I I felt so, I had so much of that victim mentality, feeling like so much of what had happened to me that I was just really um, dirty and um, soiled kind of, you know, by what had happened to me. And I didn't yeah. want anyone to know. I just wanted to get right with God, you know, and like feel better about um my spirituality and, and whatnot. Um, so I think on the outside, I really wore, I wore a a mask and people didn't really know who I was. I was just sort of, um, just wanted 
to be accepted and I just wanted to please people and be what people wanted me to be, you know, but I didn't have, I wasn't developing a strong sense of self at that point. And I certainly wasn't relying on the sense of self that I had developed all throughout my childhood, which was really like, I was always an artist, you know, whether that was a performing artist or, um, you know, doing, um, different mediums and stuff, but it was, I was always very passionate about whatever kind of art form that I was working on. So yeah, I couldn't really go back and reach into who that, that person was, um, because it had been really shattered. So. Yeah. So how quickly after getting married did children start coming into the picture? Um, so my daughter, I got pregnant with my daughter when I, just a few months after I turned 21. So we had been married for a little over two years. And I knew when I got pregnant with her, I just turned 21. So I was just at the point where I was like, really kind of starting to like, I had already, him and I had already had many fights about, I had already discovered I wanted to be a tattoo artist at that point. That was Were you working another job though? Yes. I was working all sorts of weird, random jobs. Um, anywhere from Starbucks barista to, um, I was working at a house cleaning company. Those are kind of typical young adult jobs. Sure. And then, um, and like blockbuster video, I think was one of them. (laughs) You're dating yourself. (laughs) Blockbuster. I know. Right. (laughs) They were still around, (laughs) but VHS wasn't. So, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, yeah, so I did some random jobs, but one thing that kind of stayed constant and that was running in the background was I was going, um, kind of in secret a little bit. I mean, not, not that I was doing anything wrong, but I would go with my best friend to Barnes and Noble just about every single Sunday, at least once a month. But usually every week we'd go to Barnes and Noble and we'd spend the whole afternoon and I would just pour over every single tattoo magazine. If I didn't buy, you know, and I would buy a lot. So I had a pretty big collection after a little while, but, um, I would read them front to back, back to front, you know? Um, and I had at that point drawn some designs for some people and gone with them. I remember the first time I went with somebody to get their tattoo that I had drawn and I watched the tattooer do it. And I was just like, it was just totally like a light bulb that went off in my head. And I was like, okay, I just designed that. And then I watched it like go into someone's skin and I just watched him, you know, set up for the tattoo and just very calmly and pleasantly sort of, do this process on her. And it wasn't, it wasn't that scary, even though there was no tattoos in my family growing up. So like, it was very foreign to me. Like tattooing was a, like I said, it was a still kind of like a fringy art. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like fringe, fringe art. Like it was, um, I mean, at that point, like my husband, he, he didn't even want me to get any tattoos. Like I was disallowed from, being a tattooed woman because he was like, no, that's not what I want my wife to look like. (laughs) So, and I think, you know, I I can connect with a lot of people to this day. Um, A lot of people still have spouses that um, kind of try to dictate their choices with their body or 
they'll be there and like their spouse is texting them and all mad that they're there getting a tattoo. <laughs> so, I mean, it's kind of a funny thing that I can still really connect with people about. Um, because it did, it was, it was a long, it felt like a long struggle before I was really able to be who I wanted to be without somebody like controlling me. Well, yeah. So when your daughter comes into the picture, you know, at this point that you want to be a tattoo artist, but you're not a tattoo artist yet. So what's happening at this point? So I had sought out some tattoo apprenticeships because like I said, I had been doing a lot of research into what it was going to take to learn how to tattoo and to enter this field. Um, So I had gone to a lot of shops. I had taken my, I put together like an art portfolio um, and a lot of it was behind my husband's back or, or, um, against his will, I guess I would say, um, he didn't even want me going in seeking out apprenticeships, but he realized that he couldn't, you know, stop me necessarily. So at that point I had definitely gone and sought out some apprenticeships and realized that it was like, it was either going to cost me a lot of money or I was going to have to put a lot of time in or both. So I knew that it was going to be a pretty huge investment. And then I got um, pregnant with my daughter. It was the total surprise, um, total accident. I was not happy about it. Um, we Well, the marriage you know, wasn't solid at that point anyway. So no, we were environment to bring a kid. In, yeah. and we were already just like at each other's throats. And he just, we fought so much about tattoos. I mean, I, I think I brought it up almost every single day. <laughs> Which kind of sounds like when you say it like that, we fought so much about tattoos. It's kind of funny. Like, yeah. I know it wasn't funny, like for you in your life, but I think. Um, well, I was really fighting for somebody who I knew existed inside. Yeah. Of me. I was really fighting for this person that I am now. I didn't know what that looked like. Um, it was hard to envision back then, but I just knew I was like, there's something I have more. Um, there's more to me than just this forever and ever. Like I knew I had so much more growth to do. I think that takes a lot of, um, guts (laughs) to stand up for yourself like that, especially because you were still fairly young. I mean, totally. But to know that you had your own personal growth or story, or I don't even know what the wording is, but to know that at that age and to stand up for it, that's pretty, um, it was really tough. Yeah, it was, it definitely brought me a lot of pain, you know, um, and sadness to not, to have somebody not believing in me and just, and just, and not really accepting me, you know, it was like, Um, so, you know, that was tough, but then, um, I got pregnant and once, once it kind of set in that, that that was happening, like that this baby was coming and I couldn't do anything about it, you know, that I just needed to get on board with, um, this new course, I sort of, um, just put the tattoo pursuing aside Um, and it was, it was a conscious choice because right when I got pregnant, I had literally kind of like started hanging out at this one shop that had offered me an apprenticeship. And I was there for maybe a couple weeks when I found out actually. Um, and I just wasn't comfortable there. I was so, I was in brand new territory of becoming a mother and I was 
you know, I was 21, so I was still really young um, and just freaked out. And so I just sort of took the whole tattooing thing off the table. But I, it was never that I didn't, that I was like, oh, I'm giving up on this altogether. I was just like, I'm going to focus on um, some, you know, I don't want to fight with my husband anymore about this. I just want to have this baby and have things be like kind of stress-free and stuff. And, and I think there's something about a, um, having a baby when you're expecting you also, you get, I know that for me, I got really hopeful that like it was going to bring me and my husband together and like make us stronger or whatever. But, um, in the back of my mind, it was like, well, I know still who I want to be, but for now, this is the course, um, that my life is taking. Yeah. So then I suppose flash forward to when my daughter was two. So did you stay home with her from the time she was born until she was two? Um, no, I, I had got a job while I was pregnant when I was like, five months or so I got a job at a hair salon um as a receptionist and that was my first job in a hair salon ever but um I really like excelled in that job I did really great so turns out I'm a really good receptionist (laughs) (laughs) or just kind of you know in the managerial role and um that sort of thing you're a people person Totally. Yeah. I, I, I have a good phone presence and, um, you know, just good customer service background in general. So that job kind of took off and I ended up only taking off about, I think it ended up being, it was like, at first it was just going to be eight weeks, but then I think I did end up taking like a whole like 12 weeks off. So I got to stay home for like three months with my daughter and, um, then I went back just kind of part-time and by the time she was, so she was turning a year. She had weaned from breastfeeding. Um, I, at that point when she was done breastfeeding, I really set out to start. I had gained a lot of weight. I was like super unhappy with um, how I looked and felt just I was depressed because I wanted to tattoo so bad. I wasn't making any art. I mean, at that point, I think I had, when I was 23, I had probably gone like, I was maybe doing like one or two pieces of art a year, if that. Like, my art had just totally taken a backseat. That's and, nothing. Like, that is really, really low. Yeah. Well, and then, and that coming from where I had been to where I was so, where I was so passionate about, um, art in high school. And I was so determined that that's, I mean, I was going to go to art school. So, um, yeah, it was a really depressing time for me. And I questioned, obviously at that point, like I was totally questioning my marriage a ton. I, I just really, I already wanted out of it even before I got pregnant. I knew, but I just wasn't brave enough to do anything about it or, you know, and I, there was still that element of, um, religious guilt, you know, like, oh, you know, I, I made vows and I promised in front of God, you know. But um, so at that point, it was like, I still felt really guilty. Like, I really needed to, like, make my marriage work. But I was like, but I'm still, I still was like, I have this calling in my heart. And at that point, you know, I, I even felt like this is a calling from God. Like, I mean, I even felt spiritually called to tattooing. 
Um, which, you know, to this day I still do, but there's just a lot, there's not a religious aspect because I just don't subscribe, um, to any, but a lot of people, a lot of people would describe their tattoo experience as spiritual because tattoos have a meaning for people. Most of them are not what you see in Hollywood where it's just, you're drunk and you go get some random misspelled tattoo. That's not usually what happens. It's usually a very, I've done a lot of those. I have done a lot of those and they're, they're fun. They're hilarious. But I mean, yeah, the, the vast majority of clients that I work with, um, it is, it, it can definitely be a spiritual experience for people. It's very therapeutic. Um, it's very meaningful for people. So, you know, I remember back then saying like, you know, you can, like, I, I think my husband, he had even gone to, like, ask the pastor of our church, like, how he felt about letting me be a tattoo artist. You know, he was just so, he just thought it was such <laughs> an ungodly profession. Um, and I just remember even back then being like, no, this is my calling. Like, you know, I don't, I was like, I'm not going to sacrifice this, you know, I have this dream. And and I had become really, really like in the time when I, I had like pre and postpartum depression, you know? So in the time that like I went through being pregnant and like having a infant, like, and I was doing no art and I was just so uninspired and I just felt totally like dead inside. Um, so once my daughter was like a year old, I really kind of came back to getting back to myself, reclaiming myself. Um, I was still obviously salon receptionist and I actually ended up being a salon receptionist all the way up until, um, 2016, I think pretty far into like my tattoo apprenticeship. I mean, that's what I did for other work. Um, Were you married this whole time or had you guys separated already by then? So we separated, um, I had gotten, you know, by this time I finally had gotten a couple tattoos, you know, after I had my, my daughter, um, she was a year old. I started losing weight. I also got a job as a makeup artist. I started, you know, just really reclaiming myself and like becoming passionate again about, um, you know, doing fun things with my hair, my makeup, um, just kind of rediscovering that artist again, um, making art. I was taking art classes. So it was just totally like a really exciting time for me. I was losing weight. Like I was just, um, determined to like become who I wanted to be and not feel so stuck, you know? Um, so not too long into that whole transformation, things got super rocky with me and my husband. And, um, yeah. And then we separated, um, when she was, she was like two and a half. So, um, yeah, so that happened. And then that was another delay you know, with tattooing, I could not, I could not and did not expect what it was going to be like to go from being, you know, financially supported and being able to just work part-time, um, and have so much provided for me and my daughter to leaving a really miserable marriage. But, you know, my ex was so unhappy with me and was so he was in so much pain, that pain of like rejection and us trying for so long, but me just being like, you know, we are not compatible. Um, because all, all the way through, it's like, I was getting tattoos and I was like, I'm going, I'm going to the tattoo shop. I'm, I'm finding an apprenticeship. They want to, 
work with me and blah, blah, blah. And he was just so unhappy every time I would go that it was just like such a point of contention that I was like, I don't really it's see how this is going to um, work out. And I think at one point I was in therapy and he like came to therapy with me one time and was like, um, yeah, I just, I really don't believe that you're going to see this through. I don't want to waste a lot of money on something that you're probably not going to do anything with. <laughs> and I just remember being like, well, <laughs> I'm, I mean, just you wait, I guess, you know, um, that, that had to have felt crappy to have someone totally. have so little confidence in your uh, totally. dream. But you know, at that point I was kind of glad that he finally came out and said something that was like yeah. one of the most honest things he had said about it. Um, I was tired of him hiding behind the excuse of feeling like it was, there was something morally wrong with it. Cause I just knew that it was bullshit. I was like, that's BS. That's BS. Like you're being so closed minded. That's not what this is about. But, um, I think he was just, you know, at the time he was, he was afraid he, he was unhappy in his job. He wanted to branch out and do other things too. He's a musician. He's kind of like this repressed musician guy too, that just wasn't quite brave enough, I think, to branch out and do his own thing. But, you know, um, we can't really do that for other people. We all have to do it for ourselves. So I was just kind of on a, I was on my own journey and it was unfortunate that, um, we weren't, our paths just weren't compatible. I I believe that we were brought together and we were together to have my daughter, you know, and I see that now, um, that that's what that was for. Um, but now it's like, he sees me now. It's like, we're obviously co-parenting and very involved in one another's lives and we're very friendly and we get along so much better now, you know, but, um, and do you own your tattoo shop? What's that? Do you own the tattoo shop? Um, I don't. I basically, it's kind of like booth rental a little bit. Okay, I'm an yeah. independent contractor and I pay for my space in a shop. Yeah. How do people so, find you? you? Know, owning a tattoo shop, owning a tattoo shop isn't really, it's never really been one of my dreams or my goals. I mean, I, I think my goal would be to have my own studio, but not necessarily own the building. Yeah. So how do people that's find you? what I have. Um, so a lot of people find me on Instagram. But it is a really old-fashioned kind of um, craft where it's visual. So, like, you see someone's tattoo, and then they tell you um, who did it, what it means to them, the kind of experience they had. So I get a lot of um, word of mouth, people saying, I'm a friend of so-and-so, and getting a hold of me. But, yeah, a lot – I mean – it definitely does. Every once in a while I get a really random one where somebody just kind of like happened across my stuff on like Instagram, but it's almost all like word of mouth and different groups. Um, it's all, it's community, you know, it's like, that's the best way to do it. It's like you tattoo someone's daughter and then all of a sudden she's like in a Facebook group, just totally, you know, blasting your name saying, Oh, she's done my, all my family's tattoos and blah, blah, blah. So that's so yeah, it's cute. a lot of word of mouth. Yeah. So give us just a piece of advice right now for the woman who is in your shoes 10 years ago. Maybe she's in an unhappy marriage. Maybe she's not feeling fulfilled in her career because her husband isn't really along with what she wants to do. What piece of advice would you give that person? Uh, get a good therapist. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I think that advice is universal. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely it is. And then, you know, the other thing is just, you got to just like go out and like do it. I mean, it was terrifying. The kind of person I was back then, it was so terrifying going into tattoo shops with zero tattoos or like maybe, <laughs> maybe I had like one tiny little one, you know what I mean? And looking these people in the eye and being like, yeah, um, I'm really interested in tattooing. I really want to tattoo. And, you know, most luckily for me, thankfully, most people were actually pretty nice and didn't totally just laugh in my face. But, you know, that was kind of, that was sort of the reaction. And uh, um, once I split up from my husband, um, and I'm not saying that that is the right decision for everyone because it, I mean, there was a lot of like aspects of splitting up from him that has totally sent my life like even reeling since then. But I know that if I hadn't had made that separation from him, I wouldn't have gone out and really gotten my confidence in the world because I went out and had to start going to tattoo shops, like walking in them, talking to people. Um, I never realized how shy of a person I was until I had to do that because it was like so much anxiety like would build, build up that it's like, you know, you get that knot in your stomach, but right. You just take it one step at a time, you know, like, and you just try to accomplish one little thing at a time. I mean, it seems like it's been a pretty like overnight or easy path for me, but like really when I look back at it, it's like, it was a really, really long journey. It was a, it's been the good part of like 10 years and I've been tattooing for like, I'm going into my, I'm in my fifth year now. So, and, and even in the beginning of when I finally did start tattooing, it wasn't like that even like blossomed overnight either. That was a really tough road, like learning how to do that. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of times. And gaining people's confidence and totally. It was, it's a terrifying, um, transformation that I went through, but yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the same person anymore. And I knew back then that I wouldn't be. That's beautiful. Courtney, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for letting me talk about it. It's a fun story to tell.